Welcome to Arkansas AgCast, your source for the latest news and views in Arkansas agriculture. Arkansas AgCast is produced by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation. We are here on Arkansas AgCast today to talk about uh, the annual American Farm Bureau Convention and the policymaking business session that took place. We're all just back from that convention. I'm joined by Matt King, Senior Vice President of Administration and Advocacy at Arkansas Farm Bureau. And I, Yes, Rob, I really am that. I'm going to ask it kind of as a question. So. <laughs> yes, feel free to have fun with me here today. And I'm also joined by Jared Yates, uh, Director of Public Affairs and Government Relations. Hello, Jared. Hello. Um, did you guys have a great trip over to Atlanta for the annual convention? It's a lot better this time than the last time we were in Atlanta because there's no snow, no yeah. ice. Ice storm, just a, I heard. It's a great time, yes. yeah. Uh, I'm sad that I missed that one. So, obviously, the convention, you know, it's filled with uh, speakers, workshops, all that good stuff. Uh, but in the end, it's about crafting policy for Farm Bureau and you know, what that's going to mean, what we're pursuing in 2022. So you guys were happily involved in that process. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. Matt, what was the big picture goal uh, going into this process? I think going into this process, we all knew the big issue that was going to be brought up was the livestock marketing issue. And it was very, there's probably two hours of debate that morning, two, three hours of debate on that particular issue took up most of the time for what our delegates were going to do in our our delegation. We, I think we met a couple of times while we were there to, to have a discussion about this and let them kind of look through this. Our, our delegates at the annual meeting that we had here in Little Rock, it set a pretty strong, sent a pretty strong message with, I could think it was like 70, 30, or 80, 20, something like that, mm-hmm. in favor of, of what was currently in the policy book and, and opposing any kind of mandate or anything like that. And ultimately that was where where our policy ended up. Yeah, I was going to say, can you give me a little background on this, you know, for any of our our listeners not that familiar with what, what's going on with the issue that we're talking about here? Well, you know, from the perspective of our, you know, cow, you know Arkansas is a cow-calf state, largely a cow-calf state, um, and the issue revolves around the market price um, that our farmers and ranchers are getting for their cattle when they take those cattle to market. Mm-hmm. And the the processing infrastructure in, in this country has really been centralized, um, and you know there's essentially four big processors um, in the Midwest and that, that are processing beef cattle. Mm-hmm. And you know a lot of farmers and ranchers feel like that their price that when they take their cows cattle to market, the price that they're getting based on what the beef is ends up being sold for in the retail grocery store that that spread in there that they're there's they're not getting as much as they'd like to see from the cattle when they sell it to what it's being sold for the grocery store when consumers buy it right and so how we figure that metric out and how cattle guys ranchers receive a bigger piece of that pie Mm -hmm. you know is something that we're very mindful of and want to try to get to the bottom of and this you know there's several efforts in congress uh, to get at that, um, 
And one of those um, proposed solutions included a mandate um, on the on the processors to buy more beef at a cash price, mm-hmm. at a cash traded nego- cash negotiated trade, rather than an alternative marketing agreement uh, basis. And that and that was kind of the crux of the debate a little bit, right? Was the approach to this, how this gets done, whether you know mandate versus other approaches. Right, and I mean that—that's one of the challenges that that we faced with all this. And if you look at the food dollar that's out there, I mean, just pennies of every dollar are actually going back to that farm level. So, whenever you're talking about trying to influence where that pen, who gets what share of that penny, and different things like that, it, it gets to be very challenging. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of emotion involved in this because things have really turned around. A few years ago, when we were back ten. Five to ten years ago, we were talking about negative packer margins, things like that, because cattle prices were at a record high. Today, we're kind of on the inverse of that. We're talking about record packer margins, and cattle prices are very low. So kind of what, what do you do about that and when these right. cycles are, continue to go up and down? Yeah, how do we kind of control the wild swings in different directions? That's correct. And so what, what did we come to? What was the result of this debate? Well, I, you know, at convention there were there were several uh, resolution amendments proposed. Um, ultimately, um, you know, what what came out of convention was um, that we did not support um, a mandate. Mm-hmm. However, you know, I, that's that's ultimately what happened. But it was close to a forty nine fifty margin, right? Um, and so, even though that's where the vote fell. It's still a tough issue for our right. members. You know, I mean, you've kind of got, um, you know, um, a difference of opinion on, on this issue. It's hard to get to what the right solution is. Yeah, so that's that's what makes it hard is everyone coming to an agreement on how to attack the problem. That's one of the beauties of what, what we do in Farm Bureau is everybody gets together. Like I said, I mean, we had probably, Jared, what, two and a half Two to three hours worth of discussion on just that one I would topic. Say it, I would say at least. <laughs> at yeah. least that long. Um, talking about that one issue, and, and everybody was very passionate. It wasn't just one or two states standing up. There was people from all across the United States standing up, talking about why this was important to them, why either side. Right. And I think it was very evident whenever the vote was cast, as close as that vote was, that there was there were folks – on both sides of this, and it's something we have to be very mindful of going forward. And and it seemed most of the issues discussed did center around uh, animal animal agriculture, livestock. Uh, was it all generally in that same area in this marketing piece? On this on this issue, there was, but I mean, we have a whole rest of the po- we have four other sections of our policy yeah. book where we talked about everything from risk management to what the next farm policy ought to look like with the next farm bill. Um, talked about taxes, talked about uh, environmental issues and things like that. That Let's talk a little bit about that, uh, things that lie ahead, like the farm bill that's coming up. I, I know a lot of people were talking about that during the event. Was anything addressed during the business session or what, what's happening with that? You know, I mean, we're still fairly early. You know, the, the farm bill will be 2023. You know, however, there are uh, a lot of conversations happening in D.C., and amongst the industry on what the next farm bill should look like. Um, you know, I think, you know, we had folks from the Senate Ag Committee, folks from uh, uh, that had had conversations with the House Ag Committee in D.C. And, uh, 
a lot of those conversations where they're reviewing, you know, the 2018 Farm Bill to try to really dive into what needs to be changed, what are some potential, you know, ideas to make things better, et cetera. So even though the process is early, it's still good to be having these conversations um, about what the next one should look like. Um, the next election is going to have a big impact on what the next Farm Bill will look like as right. well. Uh, right now, you know, the Democrats have a majority in the House and Senate in D.C., and if one of those or both of those flip to Republican majority, then you kind of have the committees flip and and um, and priorities may change. So the conversations where they are today could change after the election, depending sure. on the outcome. And Jared, I mean, one of the other things that I mean, as everybody talked about farm bill and different things like that, there one of the things that's on every farmer's mind, I think, at that conference was. The inflationary aspect of, of farming. I mean, you see on the news people talking about these record high prices, these not records, but strong commodity prices, different things like that. But on the on the flip side of that, the input costs that our farmers and ranchers are facing are, are the are at some of the highest levels they've ever been. You have chemicals, fertilizer, other things double, triple what they were just right. one year ago. So folks trying to go out and make make decisions on what they're going to do this year. And looking at the farm safety net that, that's available out there primarily deals with yield and price. So there's really not any aspect for that net uh, income aspect of it to, to come back in. So those are, those are some of the things folks, folks are talking about on this. And then from an Arkansas perspective, one of the things we've had several conversations about and continue to talk, uh, trying to figure out how to do this, is for our poultry growers. We saw mm-hmm. the first... Uh, we're thank, very thankful for Senator Bozeman and his leadership on the, the CARES Act with the poultry uh, support program that was put in there to help those farmers that were adversely impacted by, by COVID. But that's opened up the door now to, to kind of have some discussions for the next farm bill. What does some kind of risk management tool look like for our poultry growers to help them be able to remain profitable through, through tough times? Anything else uh, decided, you know, on the on the final day? That's when they had all the debate discussion. Anything else that you feel was critical, worth mentioning, that was decided that day? Uh, like I said, livestock took up a lot of that time. But what else? Uh, when it came down to the wire, what else was was out there? I'm trying to think. I mean, we had we had a, a few resolutions and things like that that states had had some questions about, but fortunately those were not brought up um, there on the floor, and, and and we had pretty successful with over half of our resolutions that we sent in were adopted by the by the whole of the group, either as we sent them in or or as amended. Others were considered current policy and things like that 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 were sent in. But uh, from an Arkansas perspective, I think our delegates were very pleased with where things ended up. Well, I was going to ask about that, uh, you know, Arkansas's success in terms of our our agenda and the things we, we sent that way. Um, what are some of the key things that, that were picked up from from Arkansas and, and adopted into the American Farm Bureau? You know, I, you know, we, we put in there, you know, Arkansas and the state legislature last uh, last General Assembly uh, passed the meat processing uh, mm-hmm. program for the state. We had a resolution in there pertaining to the mid-size processors and trying to uh, remove some of the regulatory burdens that they may face. Uh, that was ultimately uh, approved and became part of you know, the larger policy book. I think that's a good thing for Arkansas. Um, you know, a lot of our folks were concerned about you know the 
capital gains tax, the continuation of stepped up in basis, right. those things, you know, made it into the policy book as well. So, uh, you know. I know that was a big issue of, uh, there was even a workshop with a tax expert that, that talked about some of the possible pending maybe right. tax steps, but things are looking good on that front right now. Uh, well, yes. I mean, initially the, uh, the larger and initial Build Back Better uh, Act Congress, uh, the initial proposal of that included, you know, um, a discontinuation of stepped up in basis and some increased capital gains taxes. What ultimately passed the House um, did not have those in it. Those were removed in large part due to state farm bureaus con- across the country mm-hmm. weighing in and writing their their state or their U.S. representative and states or U.S. senator. Um, so those were those were taken out. Um, now the bill back better is on the Senate side, and uh, we're not sure if it will be brought back up or, or not. That's still sure. hanging out there. Um, but as you as you mentioned, that's a way that shows the the difference. Farm bureau, um, state farm bureaus, farm bureaus a collective can make a difference by pushing Absolutely. pushing against certain things. I mean, it's a great great aspect. I mean, we had hundreds of resolutions, or over a hundred resolutions, I think that were passed and adopted by, by AFB, at the AFBF meeting this time, every one of those originates somewhere in a county farm bureau office. That's right. None of those things came from a state farm bureau staff or AFBF staff, any of those guys. Everything that we do is a grassroots organization, and those things come from that grassroots level. So it was important to somebody who submitted that, and it, it went up through the process. So it's amazing. To, sometimes it's not fun to watch the sausage being right. made. But it, but in the end, it's it's a very important process, and and again, and part of that process, we we bring with us delegates who are selected, and they go, and they are responsible for being the voice of their counties or their voice, their the, areas in the state. The voice of Farm Bureau, right? I mean, our, our delegates, whenever they they get through with the, the state resolution, the state business session, our delegates have voted that this is what they want to do. Well, you know, and that's the thing that was striking to me is that, you know, I've you know, been with Farm Bureau since August, and this was my first annual convention. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, having farmers and ranchers from all across the United States that are on the farm, men and women. I mean, these are, right. these are the farmers that are, you know, in the combines, they're pulling calves. You know, these are the folks that are doing the work to provide the food and fiber for this country, and they're the ones in there setting the policy. And I think that that's, you know, that's what makes Farm Bureau special. Um, and when these, you know, elected officials look at Farm Bureau, they know that that's how we come up with policy. And, and so that's why the policies we pass and, the, and that we debate and that we discuss and that we carry forward carry a lot of weight with those, those folks. And, and, again, that's the importance of bringing these, these people from here, taking them to there. And there's actual work going on. I mean, and even behind the scenes, even in the times when they're not – in the main meeting, there were discussions and meetings mm-hmm. at the hotel or Absolutely. just gathering in the hall and talking about what the next steps were. And, and it, is that the real, you know, and what, what do you think is the most important aspect of this annual convention? Is it this policymaking process and, and bringing those people together to get this kind of thing done? Is it? Absolutely. I mean, the business session that we put together, I mean, without – our members all coming together and sitting down and having a discussion about what our policy looks like, what it ought to be. 
if they don't do that, what is Farm Bureau going to do the rest of the year? Right. Because we don't, we're not a staff led, we're not a board led organization. The delegates come in, sit down, and have those tough discussions. And I mean, you have a lot of different opinions that go on all different types of issues uh, at AFBF and just trying to work through. And it's just like we have here at the state level to where we'll have rice guys and we'll have cattle guys, timber, poultry. All these people are in one one room talking about an issue. Whatever is decided has to work for everybody. Right. It's not one of these things where we're going to go in and we're going to do something that's going to hurt the cattle guys or we're going to hurt the – the poultry guys or the rice guys, any of those folks. It's got to be something that's good for agriculture. And that's one of the strengths of Farm Bureau. It's a weakness, too, because maybe you don't want to be inclusive like that with everyone else. But that's one of the things that our policy, if we come and talk about it, it's something that's been vetted by farmers from across the state, from across farming operations. Everybody has to be in agreement. Well, Now, thinking about next steps, now that this has happened, policies have been adopted. Now Jared's got to go to work. (laughs) Is that the basic point here is now we send people to do the work of putting these policies into action and putting them in front of legislators and, uh, you know, everyone in D.C., all of that. That's that's absolutely right. Um, You know, and a lot of, you know, a lot of the issues that we talked about and debated, you know, in our state committee meeting and then again in Atlanta – you know, these are the issues of the times. That, that's what they're talking about in D.C. And now that we've passed these resolutions and we've, you know, decided upon our policy for the year, we can carry these policies to, to D.C., visit with our congressional leaders, our congressional delegation, um, and communicate with them what our farmers, um, you know, need back home. You know, what, right. what kind of policies, you know, they need to, to continue to provide the food and fiber that they're doing every day. And this process has been going on for a while now. Do you? 102 years. Yes. <laughs> so your thought is that, I mean, at this point, people in Congress, they know what Farm Bureau is all about, and they know when when you come knocking on the door that, that that's, you know, serious mm-hmm. business. There's a lot of people that sure. put a lot of thought and time into this. And well, I mean, they, they know that whenever we come after this resolutions process, mm-hmm. come in there and talk to them about an issue, that's what our policy is going to be all year long. Yeah, there's and not a there's not a mechanism in place to say, well, I, we don't. This needs to change. Until our delegates get together again next year in 2023, yeah, that's the policy. our policy is going to be this way. Right. We can have resolutions, we can have all these things that are submitted, but until those delegates vote on it, it's not our policy. I mean, and I think that the congressional leaders understand and they're aware that Farm Bureau takes you know goes to great lengths. To debate policy, discuss policy, um, you know, make sure that we have all the facts. It's you know, by the time we get to an annual convention and pass a policy, it has been vetted, discussed, debated, and we've you know made a decision on how we want to move forward on that particular policy. And I, and that has a lot of weight to these right. to these members because they know it's not, you know, we saw something on a headline on social media. And we assume that same position. That's not how Farm Bureau works. And they understand that and know that. And so they know that these issues and these policies, um, you know, have been come to at at great deal of right. work. And 
And what's going to go into, as we look ahead, going into next year, the influence on policy discussions looking ahead is going to really be shaped a lot by this being an election year and how that sure. turns out and, and, you know, what is accomplished between now and then. Any predictions on uh, how things are going to go with our, our policy agenda at this point and, and what we might see in the months ahead? I mean, I think as we start talking about it for, for next year as far as policy goes, the farm bill is going to be front and center, I think, on a lot of producers' minds. I mean, it was this year. I mean, we had, had some of those discussions. But it's like Jared said earlier, we're still really far out. We don't know what the election's going to hold. You don't know what those, those discussions are. So once we start to see some of these things solidify and we get into that 2023 time frame, we're going to need to be prepared and ready to go with with what our policy needs to be. Sure. And the other thing, too, about it being a farm bill year or the time that we're going to reauthorize a farm bill is that it moves agriculture to the front burner in D.C. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the time, you know, we're, we pass a five- or six-year farm bill, then we kind of become the back seat in terms of what the focus is in D.C. Sure. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. But because it is a farm bill year, uh, you know, agriculture, there will be a lot of hearings in, in Congress, a lot of discussion, a lot of meetings, a lot of activity around agriculture. And, and I so, mean, I think, I think Dr. Newton brought this up in D.C. too, that this is going to be the first trillion-dollar-plus farm bill that we've ever had. That's right. I mean, with the additional spending that we've seen in some of these um, bills over the last few years and everything's going to push this thing to be over a trillion dollars. When we start talking about that, that's going to have a that's going to make people wake up and start start wondering what's in the farm bill. Right. And for better or worse, the majority of the farm bill has nothing to do with farming from a farm from a farm perspective. Right. Has everything to do with farming from this from a food standpoint. Food stamps, other nutrition programs and things like that that are a part of this farm bill make up the majority of those expenses and that's one of the reasons why we're seeing these things go up. But that's going to have an impact on what our members ask us to do as far as going and lobbying and, and getting programs that will provide those support that will provide the support that's needed on the on the farm. Sure. Well, uh, I appreciate you giving us a little wrap up. Of it. Anything else uh, you want to make sure that uh, people knew about from the last few busy, very busy days? I. I would just say that I'm, you know, I'm grateful for the, you know, Arkansas delegation that went to Atlanta. They did a great job. They represented Arkansas Farm Bureau very well, and, uh, and you know, I think the outcome was was as good as we could have expected and hopeful. Get some background noise, like we're still in Atlanta here. That's right. That's Airport. Right. All right. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate your time today. You bet. Thanks. That's it for another Arkansas AgCast. We'll be back next Thursday with more news and views on Arkansas agriculture.